and I think as a business owner, I do a pretty good job of taking myself out of my business and putting myself as an as a, as a customer. And I think a lot of people don't do that. And I think you have to take your, your mind out of being the owner and be like, what would I want if I was having a food truck at my wedding or my event? What would I want if I was getting a spray tan? Like what's the level of customer service experience like, that I would want? I'm Heidi Marinell, and I'm on a mission to spotlight incredible female-owned small businesses who've conquered the business world on their terms. Together, we're diving into the stories of real relatable women who've turned their passions into thriving businesses. I'm a small-town mom with a passion to break free from the ordinary and provide you with new, specific, and downright revolutionary business ideas. I'm interviewing women who've dared to dream differently and have turned their passions into profit. Best news? They've got fresh ideas that can ignite your passion and creativity. No more vague top 10 lists of business ideas that lead nowhere. I believe in dreams with real substance, and I want to provide you with inspiration that leaves you thinking, I can do this too. Whether you're itching to start your own venture or craving a fresh twist on your existing business, your go-to source for inspiration is here. Welcome to Her Business Rocks. Hello, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Leah Waffle as our guest. Leah started Waffles and Whip when she converted a horse trailer to a food trailer and now serves gourmet waffles on a stick for private events. Leah is a serial entrepreneur running multiple businesses and always finding new ideas to add to her mix. Besides Waffles and Whip, Leah also owns The Sugared Bug, which is a restored VW Beetle candy car. And she owns um, Bronze 515, an airbrush tanning business. So I can't wait to hear all about these different businesses and how she got to where she's at today. So welcome, Leah. Thank you for being here today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be part of this. Awesome. Why don't you start with telling us a little bit about yourself and the three different businesses that you run? Yeah, so originally from Iowa, um, I'm based in Des Moines, um, grew up in Fort Dodge, Iowa, kind of your typical story, went to undergrad, got my master's, moved to the big city, started working in a job that I didn't love, moved to another job kind of in the corporate world, and just was really bored. Um, my creativity was just like, at a standstill. And I knew that I needed to do something. So bronze 515 is kind of like my baby. Um, I started that seven years ago at 27 and it kind of grew. And after about two years, I left my corporate job to do that. And then just multiple businesses just kind of formed after that, you know, COVID hit and the waffles idea came, obviously my last name is waffle. So that's kind of how that happened. Um, based on, you know, just kind of like my, my upbringing, you know, just your typical, um, you know, single mom growing up in a town of 20,000 people, uh, went to a Catholic school, played sports, was in theater, did all that stuff. Never, ever, ever imagined being somebody who owned my own business. You know, I thought I'd be the type of person that got the job, moved up the ladder, had a good 401k and a good pension and a and a health plan that was great and all the things that they tell you. Um, you know, I always talk about, you know, you, me growing up, I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't read in textbooks nowadays, like what they have of, of women business owners being successful. You know, we, those weren't in our textbooks. Uh, those weren't in children's books we read. Now that's just kind of what you see. It's, it's very common to read about a 
multi-million dollar brand started by this female entrepreneur. And that just wasn't something I, I grew up with. Um, and I'm not that old is what I say. I'm like, I'm only 34. <laughs> so it's like, it's just crazy that I didn't even have that 15 years ago when I was in high school. So, um, so yeah, I've been an entrepreneur, I guess, for a little over seven years. And it's been a ride, let me tell you. Um, I never thought I'd be here. I don't think a lot of people thought I would be here. And I'm glad I'm here. There's days, most days, you know, as an entrepreneur, you don't want to be here. Uh, you don't want to like be an entrepreneur, but I feel like that's very common. Uh, if you don't feel like that every once in a while, you're probably not doing it right is kind of what I say. So, and um, so yeah, that's kind of just a little bit about me and kind of how I started. And um, I live in Des Moines with my husband. Uh, we just got married a, uh, almost a year ago with our dog Capone, who's a nine-year-old Rottweiler. And he is a retired um, Marine veteran, and we just kind of live a simple life here in Des Moines. And I wouldn't be, have my businesses without him. He does not like me to take pictures of him or talk about him. He likes to stay back in the background. He never wants to be acknowledged, which is fine with me. I'm okay always being number one is what I tell him. So, um, but yeah, I wouldn't be here without him and his help with um, Waffles and Whip. And yeah, so that's a little bit about me. Yeah, I think it's really important how you said, so you started in the corporate world. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people go into life with that ambition, myself included. Yep. I, I got a degree in information management systems. And it just was never fulfilling enough for me. I, mm -hmm. I understand that like there was just no creativity. And right. I think that's what a lot of people find when they get into the corporate world and they're just, they want something else, something for themselves. And they never saw themselves being an entrepreneur, but it just kind of, of happens. They, they just need that outlet. And for many of them, it turns into a full, full-time business, just like you. Yes. And it's funny how you say your husband doesn't want to be in any of the pictures or anything, because I think that's very common too. My husband, yeah. my husband's a teacher. He does not understand my million and one ideas and <laughs> owning my own business. And I'll give him all kinds of ideas and like, oh, you could do this and we could start this and you could turn your knowledge into this. And he has no desire to do that. And that's okay. Yeah. I always make sure with my husband, John, I'm always like, are you okay doing this? Like, yes. and he's like, I love it. And I'm like, you like getting up at 4am and helping me hitch this trailer and unhitch this trailer at events and stuff like that. So he helps with like the setup process, but then he just goes home and I have other friends and, and girls that work for me at bronze 515, like help inside the trailer when we do waffle events. So his customer service experience isn't great. So I'm like, you can just <laughs> stay in the back and just help me set up and tear down all the heavy, the heavy lifting is what I say. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell us, where did you get the idea for Waffles and Whip? What made you decide, I'm going to try and find a horse trailer to convert and sell yeah. fancy waffles? I don't even know where the, I mean, obviously, like initially my idea was never waffles. It was like an alcohol, you know, you see a lot of people who take like campers and horse trailers and do like mobile bars out of them. But Iowa kind of has weird rules and, um, when you do alcohol, depending on what state you're in, a lot of the venues, which is nine times out of 10, where you're probably going with your horse trailer is a wedding venue or some venue, they have liquor license. So it's, they're not going to let you on their property and serve alcohol. You know, that's how a lot of these venues make money. So I was like, okay, we're going to do food. 
And so in my mind, um, my first idea was a Jello shot horse trailer, <laughs> which, and I was going to call it Hello Jello, which Jello is trademarked. And even though it's it, Jello is a like type of food and it's also trademarked. So I was like, okay, I can't call it that. And <clears throat> I kind of got the idea. And then I was like, no, I don't have time for this. Like, COVID was just kind of, it was like the summer, fall of 2020. And I was like, what am I, like, I have no money. I just had to take out like PPP loans. We're just getting back into the swing of things with spray tanning. Like they just let us back into like our businesses. People have put their weddings on hold. And I just was like, I'm going to do waffles. Never worked really in the food industry before. Nothing. I mean, I worked at an ice cream store briefly. And I always tell the story of like, I lasted a couple weeks I couldn't master making like an extra large twist cone. And I was like, this isn't for me. <clears throat> and at the time I had just turned 16 and I had two jobs, the ice cream store. And I worked at JCPenney's in the men's department. And I was like, I'm just going to go work in the men's department at JCPenney's and not food just like gave me a, like anxiety. And my grandma would always tell the story of like, I would have nightmares about the line of people in the ice cream store, like drive through waiting for ice cream. Cause that like really gets to me. Like when people have to wait, little did I know I'd have a really tiny horse trailer where lots of people are going to have to wait for a, yeah, a, right? a gourmet waffle. Um, but yeah, the idea, obviously like my last name is waffle spelt a little different. I always say my ancestors couldn't get it right. They had to spell it a little different. Probably wasn't pronounced waffle. It was probably like waffle or something like that. Um, but we say waffle and the horse trailer, I just wanted something really little that was easily, I could park it in my driveway. I could take it to events. It's almost like a little tiny home on wheels and it's cute. You see a lot of food trucks nowadays that are just like clunky and big. And we live in a generation and in a world where 75% of your business is what it looks like. You know, I could probably serve M&Ms out of the trailer and people would book it because of the way the trailer looks. It's Instagrammable, right? And that's why people want it. And uh, a lot of people still to this day don't do food inside of horse trailers this little because like the like operations of it's so small. We have like 10 square feet to move around. So <laughs> you can't be super tall being inside of there. And I'm 4'11". So it works great for me. Um and there's two of us generally in there. It's a very small space. So we do a dough-based waffle, which is a Liege waffle, so dough-based. And we live in Iowa, and we like things on sticks here. And so I was like, we're going to put sticks inside these waffles. We're going to call them, you know, the waffles and whip. Um, I had a few different names, but I settled on waffles and whip. So, um, but yeah, I that's kind of how waffles came about. And it was a two-horse trailer I purchased in Nebraska City, Nebraska, was the day after Halloween. We drove, my husband and I, we drove to Nebraska City, picked it up. Never had I ever driven with a trailer ever behind me. So I'm like the four hours home with the trailer. I'm like, is it still attached? He's like, yeah, it's not going to fall off. Like that's just, that's not how this works. And I'm like, so I, you know, it was just panic for me because I didn't grow up ever riding horses or towing anything behind a vehicle. So um, and then, yeah, I found a friend who remodeled kitchens and bathrooms. And I was like, this will be just like that. I need you to convert this. You have seven months, which is plenty of time for you to do this. And yeah, he converted it. Um, Ryan Ballman, Ballman Construction, who is now in Portland, Oregon, but he used to be here in Des Moines and was just a friend of um, 
a boyfriend of one of my friends. So yeah, that's, that's how waffles came about. That's an amazing story, um, especially with having no experience with it. Just, okay, this is what we're going to do and this is how it's going to oh, work. I, that's and- how I roll is what I say. I'm like, that's just how I am. <laughs> if it doesn't work, I'm very much like, if it won't challenge you, it won't change you. Like the gym I go to, that's what they always say. It's like, it won't challenge you, it won't change you. And so I, I believe in that. And um, over the years, I've been okay with failing. It's not the greatest feeling, um, but I have to remember that like, obviously, People fail. People make mistakes. You learn from them. I mean, I am not a chef. I am not a baker. I don't know a whole lot about anything, but I know that I'm creative and I know what people like. And I think I've done a really good job with Waffles and Whip and bringing that to the community here in Des Moines. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you said a lot of a lot of the trailer is the look of it. Mm-hmm. It's Instagrammable. And that's so true because there are so many food trucks that are these rusty beat up old things and they roll Mm -hmm. in and, you know, you pray that your food is going to turn out okay because the truck looks sketchy. I'm sorry, but for me, that's like one thing I'm like, ooh, this looks sketchy. Yeah, I mean, you can have the best tacos in the world, but if your truck looks a little sketchy, I'm not coming to you. I'm just, that's just how I am about anything. Bathrooms. If you have a weird looking bathroom, I'll go home and go to the bathroom. Um, (laughs) But yeah, yeah, just like the the clinky food trucks around, which is fine. I mean, that's how people operate and they make great money. And, you know, my business model with waffles is typically private events only because it's a little bit more controlled for me. Um, And I like that. I like that I don't need waffles and whip. I do it for fun. Yeah. Do you get requests to set up for photo shoots and other things? I do. I get a lot of people who are like, would you want to be part of this styled shoot? And I'm just, for me at this point in my career is I don't do that just for every single photographer that reaches out, right? They obviously have to have at the end of the day, like a good following. They have to have a good photographer that's going to be doing the photos. I very rarely do that just because the setup is just so much. Um, obviously I'm not bringing my generator and cooking the waffles on site for you. I usually, what I do is I'll just like bring the trailer to wherever it's also, if a photographer is like, we're taking photos like within a couple miles of me, I'm going to say yeah to that. Like from my house, like that's not a big deal. Um, but I usually just like make the waffles just on an iron when we're doing styled shoots instead of like bringing the iron. So that way it's just less work. My iron weighs about a hundred pounds. So it's not your typical like kitchen iron. So yeah. it's movable, but not really. And that's <laughs> so. why you go to the gym. Yeah, <laughs> right. I try, to go to, <laughs> I try to go to the gym. Okay. So you mentioned that you had worked in ice cream. That yep. gave you some anxiety. Mm-hmm. So otherwise, you didn't know, did you have to do special regulations or anything for the food trailer? Yeah, so in Iowa, you have to have like a serve safe certification, which is like a um, certification you have to go through. So one person in a restaurant or on a food truck has to be certified in that. So that's good for five years. So I had to go through that. Um, Studied, had to be proctored. So like I'm taking the test and somebody's watching me take the test like online. Barely passed it. You know, I'm not a test taker. I'm a smart person, but I am not a test taker. 95% of the questions are about like meat and chicken. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not dealing with any of that. So, and nor will I ever. And that's kind of like what I like. Like, I don't ever want to have to deal with like raw stuff where it's just 
even mm-hmm. the possibility of just it going bad or people getting sick or anything like that. Like I'm just like, nope. So yeah, I had to go through that. Um, had to be inspected with the state, had to be inspected with fire departments. Um, in the state of Iowa, it gets real confusing here. Some cities or some suburbs, even if you're doing private events, make you have a permit. They make you do certain things. They make you go through a background check. Just the politics behind it are ridiculous. I just, I wish I had time to like go to legislation and just sit there and be like, can we just have like one, one book that we all follow? Um, because you know, these fire departments are all probably going through the same type of codes. So I don't get it. I'm a little different too. And they don't have like me written, like it's a gray area of what I do. I'm private events. I don't have a suppression system. I don't have a hood. I don't deal with grease. So like I have a mini fire extinguisher. So the likelihood of something happening in my trailer, very minimal. So and. And they're just, they're worried about like the big taco trucks or the big burger trucks that are coming with huge, you know, hoods and grease flying everywhere. And obviously they don't separate what I do from them. So I have to go through the same thing that they go through. So I usually like to just stick with private events. Most cities and suburbs are fine with it. And at the end of the day, sometimes I like, sometimes I'll Google and see what they want. Sometimes I'll just show up because how I feel about this is I'm like, I'm on someone's private property. The liability is not with the city. It's with the owners of this property. I'm in their driveway. Why would I need anything else? So it's just crazy the stuff you have to do here. And, um, you know, I know a handful of food truck owners from other states, but not a whole lot. And I, I don't even think their rules are this crazy. So I get it though. People don't want you setting up. If I was doing more public events, it makes more sense. You know, you don't, a lot of these little cities don't want you coming to their town and taking away from their brick and mortars. And I get that. Yeah. But yeah. So when you are going to do a, let's say you're going to do a private event, there's a hundred people. Do you prepare the waffles ahead of time at all? Or do you do them all right there on site? Like what are the logistics behind feeding a hundred people waffles? Yeah. So the dough is made obviously prior and then you can either put the dough in the fridge, you can freeze the dough. It all, I feel like it all tastes the same. Um, so that's what we do. And so the dough's already made, but obviously it's just dough. So then they're cooked fresh, right? I mean, it's kind of the same concepts of having cookie dough and putting cookie dough in the oven and fresh cookies. Um, so that's what we do. Um, we typically do three to four menu options just because the trailer's so small. It's hard to bring like all our topping options. My trailer has, you know, a hand washing sink, a three compartment sink, um, a fridge and, you know, water heater, all that stuff in it. Um, no air, no heat. And so usually our toppings are just cheesecake, strawberries, Nutella, you know, things you'd put on, you know, a waffle, chocolate chips, peanut butter. I, when I do, um, we do pop-up events inside of our commissary kitchen. I have to be licensed inside a commissary kitchen as well. Um, when we do pop-ups there, so meaning like the trailer's not there, so it's just us inside a kitchen and people can order waffles online and pick up almost like a donut shop. We do a lot more options because just there's it's a huge commercial kitchen, so we can make tons of just different types of frostings and, and just dip, different toppings for that. But yeah, usually 100 people. Um, takes us like four minutes to make three to four minutes to make like four waffles. I mean, it does take a little bit of time. I usually arrive to an event an hour before. So if an event starts at 10, I'm there at nine. I usually do three hours. So I'm there nine to one usually. Um, It just kind of depends. We have a minimum uh, that we have. 
I don't go to an event uh, unless the minimums, unless obviously the minimum minimums met, obviously. But if somebody's like, I have an event of a hundred people, I'm like, okay, this is our price, uh, you know. And I don't do where like food trucks are like, you have to meet this minimum just because I don't do that. I'm like, no. If you're expecting a hundred people and fifty people show up, you're still paying me for a hundred people because I'm bringing a hundred waffles. I'm bringing a hundred dough plus ten percent just in case. I am always just in case. I very rarely ever run out. Um, that's only happened a few times because I just always expect more. Always. Probably not the smart. I mean, there's probably a lot of food trucks that are like, that's not smart. You're wasting product, but oh, well, I'd rather have more. I'd rather have more. And it's a learning thing for me too. Um, and you're, when people do that, it's almost like catering. You're, you're paying for the what if, what if people have two waffles? What if only half the people come or half the people that I invited to my wedding want a waffle? Um, so you're paying for the what if, regardless if we make them or not. Kind of how I do it is... When the like line starts to dwindle down, I'm not going to sit here and make another hundred waffles when there's only 30 minutes left, right? So I might have a hundred waffles to go that you paid for, but I'm not going to make them. Just, but it's, I always just say you're paying for the what if, I guess. That makes sense. Cause you have, there has to be profitability in it for you or right. it's just yep. a fun hobby. And there's yeah, no- and I think, and I don't know, you know, I ha- I've met a handful of food truck owners, and I mean, I know people who own cupcake shops and things like that, and I just think with food trucks, you could you just lose so much money, I think, if you don't do it right. Uh, and I think a lot of these food trucks, you have to be out six days a week to profit. Um, and I pay the girls that work for me very well, very well. Um, <laughs> they're all teachers and people who could be doing other things. Like they're not 17 year olds, you know, they're making $25 an hour working on a food truck with me. And so, um, they're making really good money. So my, my pricing is a little bit higher because you're just getting, you're getting a cute trailer, the expertise, really good customer service. Um, and it's just something that, you, you don't really see around here. So I just, I'm like, mine, I'm just going to see how much we can charge for this. And if you want it, you want it. If you don't, you don't. And that's the cool thing that I kind of like is I'm like, what's a Saturday to me for me to be at your wedding on a Saturday when I don't need to be there because I have a, a full-time job where I'm working full-time Tuesday through Friday or Monday through Friday. Um, what's a Saturday worth to me? And my minimum's $1,200. It used to be a little less than that, but that's like to just get me there. And that includes everything. That includes mileage, gratuity, paper product, the waffles, a custom menu, the decor, the permits, the liability, all of that. So when I do my pricing, everything's included. I don't like to be like nickel and dimed where people are like, oh, you want this? It's going to be $50 extra. I'm like, no, it's all included. Don't worry about tipping us. It's included everything's in there. That way, when we show up to the event, it's been paid and I can just leave and you'll probably, and you'll never get another invoice from me ever again. And that's how I like it because that's how I want it. And I think as a business owner, I do a pretty good job of taking myself out of my business and putting myself as an employee, as a, as a customer. And I think a lot of people don't do that. And I think you have to take your, your mind out of being the owner and be like, what would I want if I was having a food truck at my wedding or my event? What would I want if I was getting a spray tan? Like what's the level of customer service experience like that I would want? And I take myself out of that and I do a really good job of that. And I just recently found out that I do a really good job of that. <laughs> so based on talking to other people that are entrepreneurs, I'm like, I don't think you're doing that because 
customers aren't liking how you're doing things. And I do it completely different because I take myself out of the equation. So. Right. And I think word of mouth is a great way to gauge that too. If people are talking about it, they love it and you know, you're doing it right. Yeah. It's crazy how much like waffles has blown up. Like I have several thousand more followers than my other business I started seven years ago, but with waffles, it's such a different demographic, right? Like spray tanning, most likely it's going to be women that are following you. Uh, Food. It's like, it's going to be everybody. It's going to be kids. It's going to be men. It's going to be women. However, I think like 75% of my followers for waffles is women. It might, you know, my food trailers, obviously super feminine. Um, Right. And we all know that women are booking it anyway. They're in charge of the events. They're in charge of the birthday parties and the weddings. So they're the ones reaching out to me. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been fun. I had an Instagram video that was super dumb, go viral. And it has like 160,000 views. And I got almost 3,000 followers from that. So I just think it's funny wow. just how things blow up. And you try for years with another business and then another business comes along and you're like, I don't even know why that went viral, but it did. Mm-hmm. And viral for me, that's viral for me. Anything above 5,000 is like viral for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, let's jump over to the sugared bug for a minute. Yeah, Tell sure. us how you came up with that idea. So, yeah, the sugared bug. I've always wanted a vintage car. Um, I never knew what that was going to look like for me. You know, my dad always had an old car. My grandpa had an old car. And I just, I'm an old soul Um I got married last fall, actually in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and um, we had a vintage car at that. I don't know what it was. I say it's a Rolls Royce, and my husband's like, it wasn't a Rolls Royce, but it was a vintage (laughs) car that I like came down the aisle in, and it was a huge surprise. Like Nobody knew I was coming out of it, and um, I had stumbled upon this girl in California who took like this huge trolley and turned it into like a candy car, candy trolley on wheels. And I was like, I could do that on a smaller scale, but inside of a Volkswagen bug. And I was like looking at bugs for some reason. Oh yeah, I know why I was looking at it. I had this event this just a couple weeks ago that was like a disco-y retro event called Babes Who Brunch and, ca- and Occasionally Make Bad Decisions. And it was a brunch event I had at a really cool retro Airbnb. And I was like, man, if I could find a Volkswagen bug, like just to rent. And there was nothing zero. There were party buses, there were big Cadillacs or Rolls Royce looking cars, but there was nothing like retro seventies kind of vibe. And I was like, okay, I'll go on Craigslist and just maybe find one for like 1200 bucks and just call it a day. Google, Google, Google. I stumble upon this car outside of Minneapolis and I'm like, okay, this might be too good to be true. I'm messaging back and forth with this guy and I'm like, I'm just going to buy it. So I took out like a little car loan for it, bought it, never went up to see it, got it shipped to me, talked to the guy into like shipping it to me for free if I got him a little closer to like what he wanted for the car. Showed up, I think like April, early April maybe. And yeah, if you don't know with Volkswagen Bugs, it's a 1972 Volkswagen Super Beetle. So a Super Beetle, we're only made for a handful of years, but they're just a little bit bigger than like a regular Beetle. The trunk's specifically are a lot bigger. And so in Volkswagens, the trunks are in the front and the motors in the back. So I was like, we could do something out of this. We could do candy out of it. People could just rent it for a photo shoot. People could do a flower bar in it. People could do a dog party and put dog treats in it. You could put your gifts from your wedding in it. I mean, just, there's just the, the options are endless. And I didn't form like an LLC with it. It's kind of like a DBA on top of waffles and whip. And it's just something I 
thought, okay, if I, if somebody rents this twice a year, great. Um, if people want to do photos with this, great. And, you know, we've done that already with that. It's a manual. So I've had to relearn how to drive a manual, which has been very fun. Bless my husband who knows how to do all this. And so we live kind of in a newer development. So there's not a lot of traffic bias. So once or twice a week, I just take it out. I drive around the block. He goes with me. I haven't driven it through like busy city traffic yet, just more like country traffic. So that's been fun. Um, but yeah, otherwise mint, condi- <laughs> mint condition, it's like a light mint green, which you just don't see. Um, I think it was owned by, I don't even know the story of it. I think an older lady owned it and then she moved to Florida and a guy bought it that was like six, four. And if you know anything about bugs, that's not happening for them. Um, yeah. they're good for people who are little. I mean, my husband's five, five and I'm four eleven, and we're like this in it. And I'm like, I don't know how people rode around in the seventies with like two people in the back and two people in the front and there are everybody smoking and there's, you know, it, it was just, there's just not a lot of room. So that's sure. kind of like the sugar bug, you know, mainly if people want to rent it to just do photos with it. Um, a lot of, you know, I, I have a decent amount of followers who are photographers. Um, so yeah. And you rent it by the hour and, uh, or you can rent it for your event. Um, I've yet to do any like sugar, uh, the sugar bug concept. So the candy concept with it. So hopefully we'll see. So yeah, that'll be a learning experience when somebody does rent it for that. So just think of like, it's like a candy cart on wheel, but it's in a car instead of a cart. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very fun concept. And I love that you can rent it by the hour for whatever. So that opens it up you know, it's called the sugar bug, but I love your idea of put dog treats in it and, you know, what, yeah. or whatever, whatever yeah. you need, something of that genre or style. Very cool. For those of you who want to hear more from Leah, you can jump in our Patreon account and we do have some extra trainings there from our speakers and you can learn even more from her about the marketing and some different topics we're going to dive into. But before we end this interview, Leah, what advice do you have for someone who's hearing this and this sounds like something they would like to start in their area or um, what would be their next, what would be their first step to starting a business like Waffles and Whip or the Sugar Bug or what would you tell them? Yeah, for sure. You know, I would say put all your doubts and worries aside because, you know, you know what you want, um, you know what you can do. And you're going to have a lot of people who are going to say, no, just stay in your lane, do what you got to do, climb that ladder, make that money, do what, do what you do, what you've been doing. But if it's not fulfilling something for you, stop it, get down, write out your five-year plan, your year plan, your six-month plan, get some goals set and go from there. I think that that was something that, um, it's extremely beneficial for, for people. I think that if you just block out all the outside noise, cause there's going to be a lot of it and just focus on what you know you can do. I think that will set you apart and make it a lot easier for you to figure out where your creativity or what kind of what you want to do, um, is coming from. So I agree. And I think setting the goals is a huge part of it. Um, breaking it down. It's one thing to say, yeah, I want to start this business. It's a whole nother to say, okay, and here are the steps I need to do and kind of plot them out. So you have a path. Yeah. A lot of people talk about starting a business. Not a lot of people actually do it. So if you're going to talk about it, do it, tell people about it. I think the more you talk about it and the more you like set that in stone, it just makes you want to do it. Like don't keep everything locked in your brain. Like 
you know, I meet a lot of people who are like, oh, I wish I could do that. I'm like, you can do that. Stop saying it. Start talking about it. Manifest it. And I think that's, you just got to, you just got to go with it. Like a lot of, I have a lot of business ideas and what's always held me back is always, always, always money. It's always money. It's making myself go into more debt, but, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta spend money to make money. That's kind of my motto. (laughs) It's very true. Very true. Well, thank you so much, Leah, for being here. Tell us where we can find you, um, on the web and on Instagram. Yeah. So waffles and whip on Instagram, um, the sugar dot bug on Instagram. I also own bronze five one five, which is the spray tanning studio on Instagram. So any of those, uh, feel free to reach out email hello at waffles and If anyone has any questions, but yeah, um, look forward to getting some new followers. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. And we wish you much success with all of your businesses and we can't wait to see how they continue to grow. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to Her Business Rocks. Be sure to visit herbusinessrocks.com to get bonus content, show notes, and to sign up for our weekly newsletter. And if you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. As always, we appreciate your support and we'll see you next time for more Her Business Rocks.